This morning I want to talk to you about the power in being consistent and in continuing in the things that you have learned from the Word of God. You know, recently we just finished a series called Keys to Stress-Free Living. Our first C was cast your care and your burden over on the Lord. The second one was come unto Him and learn of Him and let Him saturate you with refreshing. The third one was basically to close the door on all of those triggers, to close the door on all of those things that cause stress in our life. And then the last one, we need to be consistently confessing that we are carefree. And that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and of a sound mind. Now the cares of this life the burdens of, these, of this age will try to get back on you. This is why you need to consistently continue in the Word of God. From 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14. Father, we thank you for your Word today. I thank you for speaking to us through the book and by the Spirit of God. Thank you, Father, the eyes of our understanding are being flooded with light and our hearts are being strengthened. And we purpose in our hearts today, Lord, we'll not just hear this word, but we will do it. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Now notice this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. But continue. Everyone say continue. But continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of knowing of whom you have learned them. Continue. The power of consistently continuing. Gloria Copeland says, inconsistency is where the power lies. You know, you can think of a lot of scriptures with the word continue in it. It talks about continuing in prayer, continuing in thanksgiving. But a, a real world-class famous one that you all know is found in John 8 and 31, where Jesus said, if, this is conditional, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall do what? You shall know the truth, and the truth, here's what it will do, it shall make you free. There is freedom in the Word of God, and there is continual freedom in the Word of God as you consistently apply it in your daily life. So I'm here to encourage you this morning for a little while. Continue in the Word, and then continue to do what 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 says. So let's look at that verse in 2 Corinthians the 5th chapter. And the seventh verse, it says here, For we, that's you and that's me, for we walk by what? We walk by faith, or we walk by the word of God, or we walk by trust. For I walk by faith, not by sight. Now your five physical senses will fool you. If I live, and if you live, your life governed by the five physical senses, we will be deceived. Or we will live way beneath our rights and privileges in Christ Jesus. God has given you and I a sixth sense. This sixth sense is faith. 
It gives you entree into the higher life. It gives you entrance into the unseen realm. It gives you entrance into the victorious life. It gives you entrance in the more than conquerors life. So if we're going to walk by faith and not by sight, that means that we need to then hone in on the word of God where we find faith. God's word is filled with faith. He said that faith will come by not having heard, but faith will come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, I want you to pull that up in the Amplified Version, if you would. I like the way it says this. In the Amplified, it says we regulate our lives by faith. I encourage you every day of your life to regulate your life by faith. Continue to walk by faith. Continue to look at the unseen realm. Continue to live your life above the temporal zone. You know what the temporal zone is, don't you? The temporal zone is that which is temporary. The temporal zone is that which is subject to change. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18, look at that verse with me. Continue to look at the unseen. If there are things in your life that have not materialized yet, don't get bothered about it. No worries. Amen. Just continue to look at the unseen. In 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says, While we look not at the things which are what? We walk by faith and not by? In other words, we do not look at the things that we can perceive with our five physical senses. So it tells us what not to look at. Well, we look not at the things which are seen or those things which are perceived by our five physical senses. But while we look, well, but we look at the things which are not seen. Now notice this. For the things which are seen are temporal. Oh, glory to God. What you're going through right now, amen, is temporary. It's only temporary. Look at your neighbor and say, this too is going to pass. So we don't live our lives subject to that which is temporary, but we look at, we live our lives at the things which are not seen, for they are what? They're eternal. So what this is saying is continue to look at the unseen through the lens of God's word. Continue to look at healing scriptures. Continue to look at prosperity scriptures. Continue to look at strength scriptures. Continue to call the things that be not as though they were. Don't live your life according to the lens of what you can see out here. But look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein. And when you look into the perfect law of liberty, you will behold him. And when you behold him, you will become just like him. What I behold is what I will become. So I'm not going to look at the things I don't want. I'm going to look at the things that I do want. 
And I found out what I do want is in the B-I-B-L-E. I want me some peace that passes all understanding. So I can't afford to look at the world. I've got to look at the Word. I want me some joy. Amen. So I can't live my life according to the flesh. I've got to look in the Word of God which says the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm looking at my life through the lens of redemption. I'm looking at my life through the lens of God's Word. Hallelujah. Woo. Continue. Continue to frame your world. God's got a good world for you. He's got a good life for you. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and enjoy it to the full until it overflows. God's got a good world for you. So continue then to frame your world by the words of your mouth. Norville Hayes said years ago, you are your mouth. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3. Hebrews, the 11th chapter and the third verse. Oh, I tell you what, this is rich, rich, rich. Rich food. Notice with me, it says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by what? God said, let there be. And light was. The worlds were framed by the Word of God. So that the things which are seen, the things that we can perceive with our five physical senses, were not made of the things which do appear. The chair you're sitting in was made by the creative power of the living God. <clears throat> How many of you have heard these words Perhaps, you know, maybe you've worked with someone that was a criminal or maybe, you know, you even have a prison ministry. A common denominator amongst a lot of prisoners and inmates is, I've been framed. I've been framed. Did you do it? No, I didn't do it. I've been framed. Well, the truth is... (laughs) That person really doesn't realize how really true those words are. Because the fact of the matter is, is everyone has been framed. What do you mean been framed? I'm talking about our words and the words of others have framed our lives. Look at your neighbor and say, you've been framed. You have been framed. Now, I want you to to notice in Mark 11 and verse 23. Let's look at that verse. Mark 11, verse 23. Continue to frame your worlds through the words of God. Now, notice what Jesus said. Let's read this verse together. Ready? Read. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed. And be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now let's keep that verse up there just for a moment. And I want you to know particular, notice particularly, but shall believe that those things which he what? 
believe that those things which he saith. Did you know that the Greek word for the word saith there is lego? L-E-G-O. Lego. And lego in the Greek simply means a systematic set discourse. Now how many of you have heard of Legos before? You know at toy stores we see Lego sets that contain building blocks for kids so that they can construct according to the diagram or the picture on the box. And here's what Jesus is saying. I'm giving you a Lego set of building blocks that you can use to frame your world according to the picture and diagram I've given you in the Word of God. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. The Bible's given you a set of Lego building blocks for your salvation, your healing, your blessing, your prosperity, and victory in every area of your life. Come on, let's shout a little bit. <clears throat> so take the Word of God and build His Word in your mouth and frame your future. F.F. Bosworth said this. He says, your success and usefulness in this world will be measured by your confession and your tenacity to hold fast to that confession. A spiritual law that too few of us realize is that our situations and circumstances are not what determine our future. Your words and your confessions actually will shape and determine what you are and what you will become. Hallelujah. Some of you need to take those Lego blocks and start building something into your life. When God touches your mouth, He, he enables you to change the world around you. Amen. I said amen. God changes lives. I like this. Through mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. He puts His Word in your mouth to bring salvation and healing. And so continue then to frame your worlds through the words of your mouth. And then continue to consider Him. Everyone say, I will continue, I will continue. to consider Him. Consider. Now in the book of Hebrews in chapter 12, we notice some great verses here in verses 2 right on down through verse uh, 4. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, and uh, verses 2 through 4, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author, and what? Looking away, the Amplified says, from everything that would distract us unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith. Now notice this. Who for the joy that was set before him, what did he do? Thank God he endured the cross for you. He endured the cross. He despised the shame. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now notice here in verse 3. I want you to read this with me. Verse 3. It says, ready, read. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Now, I'm going to read this from the Amplified in verse uh, 3. It says, just think of him 
or just consider him who endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself, reckon up and consider it all, now notice, in comparison with your trials. There's no comparison. So that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your minds. So there is something about keeping a solid stance of consideration of Jesus that will enable your mind to stay stable, will enable your mind to stay filled with peace, will enable you from getting weary. You will not get exhausted. You won't lose heart. And you won't relax and you will not faint in your minds. I wonder, does it pay anything for us to consider Jesus? Look at Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1. Hebrews, the third chapter in the first verse. Hebrews 3, 1 says this. Wherefore, holy brethren and holy sistren too, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle. And high priest of our profession or of our confession, Christ Jesus. Consider Jesus. Considering Jesus is considering his word. Consider this, that he is the Prince of Peace. Consider Isaiah 53, where it says that he was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. healed. Consider his substitutionary sacrifice. I mean, when the heat is on, when the heat is on, consider him. Just pause. And say, devil, I haven't got time for you now. As a matter of fact, I don't have time for you at any time. I'm too busy considering what Jesus has done. I'm too busy considering what he has worked for me on the cross. I'm too busy considering the fact that he rose from the dead victorious over you, Mr. Devil. I'm not considering what you're saying down here. I've set my sights upon him. I've set my affection on things above. I'm considering Jesus. He's the author and finisher of my faith. So, Mr. Devil, if you want to talk to anybody, you go talk to him about it. I ain't got time for you. I only have time for him. Hallelujah. Don't try to fit Jesus into your schedule. Let Jesus be your schedule. Jesus in the morning. Jesus in the noontime. Jesus all day long. Singing his praises in the morning. Singing his praises at noontime. Singing his praises all day long. Well, Pastor Mark, if I can just find time, I'll be in the Word. That will not work. The devil will eat your lunch. No, you don't find time for the Word. You make the Word of God priority. You don't find time for church. You make the church your priority. You don't find time for being in His presence. You just live in His presence. In Him, we live and move and have our being. Come on, somebody shout with me today. 
Hallelujah. I ain't got time to consider my flesh. I'm considering the fact that his flesh was ripped up from my flesh. And by his stripes, I am healed. I ain't got time to consider that debt. I consider the fact that he liberally supplies and fills to the full my every need. Hallelujah. Come on, say with me, I'm considering. I'm considering Jesus. I'm looking away from everything that would distract me under Jesus. Don't you take the devil's bait. He'll use what you can see, what you can feel, what you can taste. He'll use the economy. Don't take his bait. Take in large doses, mass quantities of the word of the living God. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Stay full of faith and full of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And it will dispel every care that comes your way. See, the chastisement, the punishment... For our peace and for your well-being. It was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, you're healed. And you're whole. Come on, folks. Consider what he has said to you. Has he said some things to you? Has he spoken to you through the book? Has not he spoken to you by his spirit? Consider him. Consider Jesus. How about this? Consider what he said in John chapter 14 and verse 1. Let's consider this just for a few moments. This will keep your boat steady. <laughs> this will keep your mind from going crazy. In John 14, 1, let's consider this for a moment. Let's read it together. Do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, or agitated. You believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely on God. Believe and adhere to and trust in and rely on me. Now let's drop down to verse 27. Let's consider this. In John 14, 27, it says, read it with me. Peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and I bequeath it to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Oh, glory to God. How many of you know this peace that he gives, it is not as the world gives. The world finds peace in a bottle. The world finds peace in a bank account. But we found peace in a person. The person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Shalom. And I just got a word for you. Everything is going to be all right if you'll trust Him. Those things that the enemies told you He's going to bring to pass are going to be stopped. They're going to be nullified because you're letting the peace of God, hallelujah, rule in your heart. Now notice this. Stop allowing it. God will allow what you allow. But put a stop on those things. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated. Sometimes you just got to shut your mouth. Well, this just bothers me so much. I tell you what, I, I'm so agitated. Just shut up. Instead of saying that, just say, thank God I'm full of the peace of God. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. 
I'm like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. Do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated, cowardly or unsettled. And then in John 16, verse 33, let's consider this. John, the 16th chapter and the 33rd verse. Did you wear your shouting clothes this morning? Hallelujah. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. Everyone say perfect peace. peace. Not only perfect peace, but also you shall have confidence. Now in the world, Jesus said, you're going to have tribulations and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident. Be certain. Be undaunted. Why, Jesus? For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to harm you. And I have conquered it for you. Hallelujah. I have conquered it for you. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now, even though Jesus has conquered the world for us, if we yield to fear, it would be as if nothing ever was done on your behalf. That is why we must continue to walk by confidence, to walk by faith. When Jesus said, I've overcome the world for you, he was not just taking up time. When Jesus told us to be of good cheer, that means we should be of good cheer. Because I've overcome the world. I've deprived it of its power to harm you. Man, that's good news. You know, we were just out in Southern California. They got a lot of traffic down there. <laughs> Lots of traffic. We got a lot of traffic in the Bay Area. I mean, mucho trafico. But thank God. When you're out there, you need to be mindful that Jesus has given his angels charge over you. And they're going to keep you in all your ways. I mean, when you're going about your daily routine and your daily business, don't forget to acknowledge him. Don't forget to acknowledge the 91st Psalm. The 91st Psalm is not only the the Psalm of the sustained, but the 91st Psalm is the Psalm of those that conquer. You see, the Bible says that we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. So the 91st Psalm then ought to be in our heart and in our mouth regularly. Amen? We should be framing our daily lives with the 91st Psalm. And so let's look at that in closing this morning. Let's look at the 91st Psalm. And let's just consider that for a while. Amen? You know, no terrorist attack can befall us because we are under the shadow of El Shaddai. Now, here's a psalm that really, really uh, will minister to you. I'm going to open my Bible. You can open your Bible. And let's look at Psalms 91. We'll look at it in the uh, King James Version. Psalms 91. It says, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High 
shall abide under the shadow of El Shaddai. I will say of the Lord. This is part of you considering him. I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. You're my God. And in you, I trust. Say it with me. I declare of the Lord, you're my refuge. You're my fortress. You're my God. And I trust you. Now I'll go ahead and read verse 3 through 5. And surely he shall deliver you from what? Snare of the fowler. I'm telling you, the snare of the fowler ain't a good thing. But thank God he's delivering us. And from the noisome pestilence. He's going to cover us with what? And under his wings, you are going to trust. His word shall be your shield and buckler. Now notice verse 5 through 7. It says, Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Read verse 7 with me. A thousand shall fall at my side, and ten thousand at my right hand. But it shall not what? It shall not come near you. It shall not come near your loved ones. Oh, hallelujah. Only with my eyes, verse 8, shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because, because I have made Jesus my refuge. Because I consider him to be my protection. Because I consider him to be my most high and my dwelling place, my habitation. Read verse 10 through 12 with me. Because I've done that, there shall no evil befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over me, and they shall keep me in all my ways. They shall bear me up in their hands, lest I dash my foot against a stone. Hallelujah. Oh, that's rich right there. That is so rich. No evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. One translation says, neither shall any accident come near you. Amen. So he says, well, I'm an accident going somewhere to to accident. No. Thank God you're a blessing going somewhere to be protected. Notice in verse 13. You shall tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and dragon shall you trample underfoot. Because, let's read this together. Because I've set my love upon him. He delivers me. He sets me on high because I've known his name. I call upon him and he answers me. He is with me in trouble to deliver me and to honor me. Read verse 16. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I'll show him my healing. I will show him my deliverance. You've been saved, brother. You've been rescued, sister. Hallelujah. You've been brought out of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. You're not in a kingdom where you're living by your senses. You're in a kingdom where you're living by faith and not by sight. This kingdom that you are in is a kingdom of love, a kingdom of joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Woo! Glory to God. Well, I've done it again. I preach myself happy.